welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and the Coalition Snow Ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are with us in Season 1, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is all about taking conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and even at the dinner table and bringing them to you bi-monthly for productive, meaningful conversations that explore alternative narratives to the conventional dialogue about what it means to be a woman in modern society. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Hey, everyone. This is Jen Gorecki, and this is a very, very special episode of Juicy Bits because for the very first time, we have Micah in the studio, which is Jillian's daughter. Now, you are going to pick up on some baby noises. So there's there's some some like like cute stuff. There's a bit of crying. Jillian and I have also been relatively distracted at different moments. But the interesting th- there there it is right there is that this is kind of what life is like when you're women and you choose to you know do everything that you can in the world. So we're hoping that we can edit this in a way that makes it really pleasant for all of you to listen to and then you can also enjoy the fact that part of being a working woman is that occasionally your child or your children are going to be there with you and we honor women for that. So enjoy the episode. We're talking about Sisu magazine and here we go. I'm just going to kind of jump right in because we're we're going to go there. But this is a quote by Janet Mock. Speaking about contributions, I want to share, this is on the back of the magazine. I believe that telling our stories first to ourselves and then one another and the world is a revolutionary act. So, Jen, help me understand. It's 2018. We spend a ton of time on our phones, on our computers, on our screens. You know, I feel like I know grandmothers that regularly, you know, use Twitter and have blogs and are just so embedded in this online culture. Why not? Why a print magazine? I think I think people are like really hungry to get actually away from their screens and get outside of their devices. Like we remember a time when you didn't have phones. Like we grew up in a time where you didn't have phones. By the time you got to high school, people had pagers, if anything. And so we had this whole life that didn't exist with devices. And technology is exciting and it's fun. And there's so many amazing things that you can do with it. And I would never want to not have technology at my fingertips. But I think we're also at a time where people are really yearning for something that isn't necessarily tethered to a a device. And obviously, you know, with the magazine, we could have decided to say, like, we're only going to go digital and or we're going to just focus on creating an online platform. But there's something really special about touching, feeling, smelling, a beautifully produced print magazine or a publication about something that you get to look at that's like on your coffee table. And Micah agrees. She's very unhappy about this idea of everything on devices. I do think that there's sort of a, I mean, perhaps I'm just trying to convince myself, (laughs) but I think that print is coming back as people look to have things that are a bit more tangible in their lives. Um, well, it's funny, as you say that, and, and I'm holding the magazine, and I actually just, I know you can't see me, but I kind of just did the, 
you know, like mm. the sniff to the magazine. Mm-hmm. It smells really good. And I did the inside as well. And it's like almost nostalgic, right, for those, mm-hmm. you know, that tangible piece um, that we do get to hold in our hands and flip through the pages and take with us. And it's okay that the power goes out. It's okay that the Wi-Fi doesn't work. It's okay that you're not... Um, you know, that you're not worried about your data on your family plan, which I'm the one on the family plan that like always goes over. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing for me. Um, but as I hold this this gorgeous, this gorgeous piece of work in my hand, I wanted to know a little bit more about what we can expect from the content. So who are some of the contributors that Sisu is supporting and looking for? What have been some of the um, maybe the challenges you've had in thinking about that in terms of contributions? Right. Because there's, there's what can we expect from the content? Yeah, so it's definitely it. It's enough content to get you through the quarter, right? There's a reason why it's a quarterly ma- magazine. That our first issue is 80 pages long. It's not something that you're going to flip through in one night. You're going to sit with this and come back to it multiple times. And that's really what we we wanted to create something that was rich in content and had really exceptional writing, thought provoking, also like very much of a feminist perspective on on the world on the out. Doors. I wouldn't necessarily call this a women's magazine as much as like a feminist publication in terms of figuring out what we were going to include in the first issue and who we were going to ask to write for us. And, and even moving forward, it was really important for me to be able to have diverse opinions and have diverse stories. And so, you know, it would have been easy enough to like I could have, you know, I could have written a lot of it, but that's just my perspective. That's one thing. And so I really tried to seek out people who just represent very, very different perspectives from, you know, individuals who identify as trans, um, identify as people of color, identify as queer, identify as cisgendered white men, identify as cisgendered white women, um, ident- you know, there's all all these identities really looking at like, how can you get as many of those as possible into one publication so that you actually have just a lot to consider. Um, I'd say the most difficult thing about this is that there are so many people who want to contribute to the publication that it's been really difficult to even keep up with that. And even though we have on the call for submissions that, you know, please don't expect that we will get back to you due to the high number of submissions. I know that it probably bothers people that they haven't heard back from us. Mm -hmm. We just can't keep up with it um, at all. And so and so it's really looking at like, there are so many people who want to have their voices heard. And isn't that everything? Like, it, like that's what we know at Coalition. Um, we, we, we understand that. Like, as women, we understand that. Like, you just want to be heard and you just want to be understood. And the interesting thing about Sisu is that this is another platform for people to be heard and be understood. And I think that there's a huge draw around that from our con- contributors and, and or from people who want to contribute to it. So that's probably been the most difficult thing is keeping up on that. Um, but actually being able to edit all the pieces and look at this really broad spectrum of human beings who are contributing to the magazine has been really, really fun. Well, it ties into what you said in terms of people being hungry for it. It's almost a good problem to have, right? It's not like you did a call for submission to create a print magazine and you had, you know, 12 pieces of work to choose from. Because it's like, everything from um, poetry and artwork. Well, actually, let me back up here. So from the artwork, can you talk a little bit about the collaboration between you and the creative director? Oh, yeah. So 
I mean, this really is that Sisu is really a publication that's powered by Coalition. And so Lauren, who's our creative director for Coalition, she's responsible for all of our ski graphics. And she oversees all of um, like all of the the assets that are created. Um, she does that for Coalition. That's also her role at Sisu. So she's the one who's behind all the artwork um, in the first issue. She's the one who did all the design, the layout, um, whereas I was really focused on rounding up all of the contributors and doing the editorial side so it's really cool because this is just an extension of how we already work together so this isn't it's not um it's it's not these different roles for us like we're just doing what it is we always do we're just doing it on a different sort of medium i suppose well what i love about the cover and maybe you can help talk us through where this came from is there's a maybe good but bad show on uh, Amazon Prime called Good Girls Revolt and it talks about women in the publishing industry in the 60s and towards the end of the series sorry spoiler alert I'm about to tell you what happens at the end of Good Girls Revolt if you watch it on Amazon Prime the fashion is adorable yeah Micah you saw that largely while you were in the womb. Um, But they want to have this last issue be about um, women's rights and, like, the women's march and the movements. And the idea of um, lips on the cover is a a topic. And the women in the office are like, you can't put lipstick on them. They have to be, like, a nude lip or a black and white lip. Like, please, that's the whole point. And the male editors couldn't wrap their brain around that. They were like, what do you want? We're giving you an, an edition that's focused on women. And they're like, yeah, but we're giving you input right now about the cover you're going to try to like you know sexualize us by putting this like sexy lip on the cover it's about actually like the voice and so um i know lauren's not here to speak to it but i just feel like the cover just embodies so much of what you just talked about and i see like abundance and i see growth and i see strength and i see um you know a a curiosity so i feel like just from just the initial look at it and those of you who are wondering how you can get your hands on a copy we're gonna don't worry we're gonna touch on that So, Jen, I, when we pulled into the parking lot, you mentioned you were a little tired, as am I, and that <laughs> you might also be a little hungover. What did you get into last night? Well, um, last night we had the launch party for our new magazine, Sisu, at the Patagonia store in Reno and um, stayed out late celebrating and definitely feeling it a bit today. Awesome. So um, not only are we here to record our Juicy Bits podcast, but we're here celebrating another platform of the Coalition Snow brand, and I'm sitting here like proudly flipping through the first copy of Sisu Magazine. And um, I kind of remember that the title has like a backstory. I love the title, and I'd like you, I want you to share with our listeners what it means, but how did it, how did you land on Sisu? And for some reason, I feel like you had a You probably didn't have a fight, but you had like a run-in with a brownie or a Girl Scout or something. Yeah, so the concept of the magazine, like we've, at at Coalition Snow, I mean, obviously for any of you who listen to Juicy Bits, you know that we 
love to create content. Like we love to talk about things. We love to write about things. Um, that's something that we've that we've always done. And CC Magazine is just really an extension of that. It's like us kind of taking it to the next level. Um, it's super crazy, and we'll get into it later about like how the actual idea of the magazine came came to be. But originally, when we first sort of like did a soft launch for the magazine, it was called Scout and. We love the name, and it was really more along the lines of, like, To Kill a Mockingbird Scout, but then somehow the Girl Scouts thought that Scout was, like, all about them, so we actually got a cease and desist, so we filed a a trademark, we got a cease and desist from the Girl Scouts of America, where they essentially said that they own everything that has to do with women and the outdoors, and so we couldn't have this magazine called Scout, because people would confuse it with the Brownie Handbook, and the interesting part of that is, like, I wanted to say to them, uh, no, I'm pretty sure the sex column in the magazine would be one of the big differentiators between this and the Brownie Handbook, but then I thought that would probably just be inflammatory and not make anything better at all so we got the cease and desist and really had to make some difficult decisions um obviously we could have fought the trademark we probably would have won that because we filed it in a different category than what the girl scouts has a trademark for but i don't want to spend my time fighting with little girls i'm not interested nor do i want to spend my money on that either and and for us this magazine it's like it's it's more than one issue like this is another legacy that we're trying to create and so i didn't want to continue on in my life like always having this burden or this thing that we're going to fight for Late one night, I'm in Colorado, kind of losing my mind of like, oh my God, we already told everybody we're doing a magazine. We called it Scout. Now we're going to have to rename it. What are we going to name it? And I really actually wanted to find something that was sort of gender neutral and that and that wasn't something that was like really associated with women because we have just a much bigger vision around the magazine so i'm like googling you know different names for the outdoors for like like just like down this like rabbit hole and i end up finding this article that lists um all of these sort of like outdoor specific concepts in other languages and i'm scrolling through and i'm like too many syllables no one can pronounce well you know going through and then i land on sisu and and it's really simple, S-I-S-U. And Sisu is a Finnish term, and it embodies the spirit of grit, guts, and perseverance. And when I read that, I was like, okay, this is totally our experience at Coalition. It's the experience that we're existing in right now as we try to like make this magazine happen. And then also that really defines so many of our experiences in the out outdoors so I started floating it to people and I was like hey what do you think about this name and people didn't really like it until I told them the meaning behind it and then people really loved it and we're like all right great we're gonna go with Sisu and so that's um yeah that's how we how we came up with the name and um now we don't have the Girl Scouts on our back anymore but maybe we should have waited because they're suing the Boy Scouts now so perhaps we could have had like uh maybe they wouldn't have paid attention to us if if we had waited but I think Sisu is a better name so um, I think you nailed it. I Sisu, yeah. I'm just che- just on pronunciation, because um, I think you know Scout could have gotten confusing. You know the 
your your daughter or your your niece is getting ready for brownies and you grab the the Scout magazine instead of the brownie handbook, you know that could create some some problems. Like you helped me. Uh, the other night when I was having a suggestion for an outing with teenagers and I was thinking about taking them to the hot springs to go oh, meditating yeah. and you were like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Nudity and minors, you know, don't go together. So sex columns and, and brownies and don't go, together. don't go together. Okay. Don't go together. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. You know, we're always looking out for each other and yes. we're looking out for all of you. Um, I want to do a little bit with the content. Can I? I want to ask mm-hmm. if I could, you know, I get, who's Jenny? Is Jenny our... Uh, so Jenny is Jenny Brusso of Unlikely Hikers, and I know Jenny just from going to trade shows, and we actually spoke on a panel together, or not on a panel, we, we had a speaking engagement together at She Ventures in Portland a couple years ago, and so she is just this human being in the outdoor industry that is crushing it so hard, um, and she is an individual who self-identifies as queer and fat, and neither one of those to um, descriptors or something that you see a lot in the outdoor industry. And I've always really respected her work and I've really respected how, how brave she is in terms of like all the things that she will um, say and stand up for. And so I approached her and asked her if she'd be willing to write a column. And her idea was to do this like Ask Jenny where she would go out to her community on Instagram. They would ask her questions and she would answer them. So we have we have a piece in, in the first issue um, that's her answering questions from her online community, which is really cool. Well, I don't want to give it away because we want um, we want people to get their hands on the magazine. Yeah. I'm just going to say that the first letter that appears, can I just say who it's from? Because I think it's a great, yeah. Um, yeah. this would be like the salutation or the ending. It's, you know, it's, it's the Ask Jenny. And the first letter came in from the girl who cried fitness. Yes. I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Now I'm reading it. I got to get back on back focus. So um, it's it's 80 pages. It's big. It's big. Yeah. No, the, the Ashtonies, it's really cool because it's basically the, the person who wrote in was talking about like how much they actually love to be outside. But there's this expectation that to be outside, you have to like hike really hard or like go big. And this person's like, I just want to go for a walk. Does that count for anything? And so so Jenny really talked about this idea of like how we've been set up to like think that you have to like exercise hard and be skinny and be fit. And really, like, however you want to enjoy the outdoors is how you enjoy the outdoors. So it's a great addition. And also just, like, not really something that you hear a lot in the outdoors. Oh, no, Micah, I can translate that. So that's baby speak for she agrees. Here's a thing that you just said that I I feel like comes up a lot for women in the outdoors is also being maybe thin and equating that with also, like, automatically being healthy. And I think that that sometimes is a is just a little bit of a skewed perspective and it kind of like it sort of limits I think people's comfort and almost like stigmas in the outdoors and so I'm a yoga instructor and I think about that a lot with yoga well people be like I can't go to yoga look at me and when the the fill in the blank of look at me it might just like relate to their size or their height the size of their breasts um and I think that's a piece where I'm like whatever gets you in the doors matters like you can't walk around wonderlust festival at Squaw Valley and think that that's like the epitome of what you're supposed to quote-unquote look like and not feel welcome and so to me I feel like this is another one of those ways to shift that dialogue and kind of shift what's expected mm-hmm. and I love the piece in here there's another spot and I'm not giving away too much but like you said it's 80 pages we have time but how 
So I'm back in the classroom, right? I'm back in the classroom two weeks now, and I call my students scholars. It's mm-hmm. what I like to do because I like to set up, you know, a really positive environment. Because when I absolutely, yeah. but because when I catch myself saying things like "ladies and gentlemen," I think it goes back to those binaries. Mm-hmm. And I love the piece that's in here because I catch myself. I overhear people saying, "Hey guys, hey yeah. guys," and I'll watch females say to a group of females. I'll say, I'll watch a female say to a group of male and females. And so what I also love is as you're flipping through. There's just these just these valuable pieces, this like what can I take away and put in my life right now? And one of it relates exactly to that. How you address a group of people in a way that helps us move to a more of an inclusive environment. So don't say Yeah, I know I said don't, Micah, sorry. Hey ladies, girls, gals, or dudes when you're addressing a group of people. We can use gender-neutral words like friends, folks, and humans. The title of the piece is Don't Call Me a Lady, and it's actually written by three individuals who identify in very different ways. And uh, the, the entire premise of that article is that even if we say, hey, ladies, to a group of what looks like women, you don't actually know how people identify. You don't, maybe they don't identify within the binary construct of man and man and woman maybe um you know they're they're trans and and there's all these different um there's all these things that we take for granted and and we we're so accustomed to saying hey guys hey gals late ladies and what this article is all about is use different language so that everyone feels included because it is it absolutely is an issue you know women have worked so hard to try to have equal standing and then we forget that there's all these other groups of people who don't even haven't even been afforded what we've been afforded as cis, as cisgendered women and we really need to sort of look at that and understand how the language that we use and the things that we do are not necessarily building this inclusive community that we want and that entire article is about that so and i think when we're in settings and people are addressing us with gender binary or gender specific language and it isn't the right setting i think if you don't say something it's sort of you know, this tacit agreement that it's okay. And that silence, we've talked about this before on Juicy Bits, that silence can be really intense. So if we've been silenced or we don't feel safe to say something, you know, that's an issue. But then also if you feel like, oh, I don't want to say something because I don't want to be that person, I think we all have to do our part and kind of step up and just be able to help people in a shift of language because that's what it is. It's just a shift. And it can take a little bit of time. And then all, you know, we're in the setting where we're like, wow, we can't believe people used to say that. Well, and it's and it is it's like being silent is being complicit. And I I think that perhaps that's one of the reasons why I feel so good about this magazine. And I'm just incredibly proud of what we're doing is that there is nothing silent about the message or the messages that we are conveying through the magazine. And there's so many risks in doing in in starting a magazine. Um, So many. But one of the big ones is that you like put yourself out there you you put your you put your ideas and if they're not your ideas you're still backing other people's ideas and you put this out into the world and you're creating knowledge essentially and you don't know how people are going to take it and you know this is our first issue it just started getting mailed to people ideally people really like the conversations that are happening within the magazine but it was important to me to have to have these conversations take place 
within this magazine as a demonstration of our values, but also because we need to be talking about these things more. And and there are light things in the magazine, too. Like, I was able to ask Michelle Parker, um, professional skier, about the movie that she's in uh, that's called All In. We feature a few female founders in the issue. There's, you know, a roundup of, of gear. Um, there's, there's, there's lighter pieces, but really this is a very sort of intellectual magazine that's going to get you thinking about things. So what we love to do is be able to give you that fodder, right? So Juicy Bits is where we're taking those conversations we start. So as your magazine shows up in your P.O. box, maybe you picked one up last night at the event. I feel like that's a great, again, it's like those starters and that outlet of like, I never thought about that. I didn't think I had the place to talk about it. And then the magazine creates that that platform for us. One of the things I love is, as you flip through and you said it in terms of voice is this, this artwork and, and the thoughtful details and layout. And there's just like mouths, mouths are like exuding from this it's almost like it's a you know it's a it's paper right and as you look through you're like oh no this is talking to me and what I love about that is you feel kind of a part of it instantly like I'm in the conversation and I think that that is just a testament to the creativity um, from Lauren Bella Okerman and your collaboration and really just a testament to coalition again taking it from the graphics to the skis to us here in the studio to this this just impressive, impressive (laughs) book that I'm holding. Um, How can we help people find us or find Sisu? The easiest place to find CC Magazine is to either go to ccmagazine.com or go to coalitionsnow.com and you can purchase the magazine there. And the reason why we're selling it on our website is it's actually really difficult to get distribution in bookstores. You have to work with an established publisher or distributor. Um, It's very difficult to even get in with them. And then they take 60% of your margins, which I think is why so many independent magazines don't work with a publisher and don't um, and don't actually go that route because it's financially Im- impossible. So we've really decided that what we want to do is be able to, to, to work with the people who are already part of our community and offer this magazine to them. And then as the magazine sort of catches on, our goal is to be in smaller outdoor shops, um, bo- boutiques, retail shops, places that really have... Um, like a good like a good vibe where you would want to pick this up but it's been there's no way that we could have done this before issue one because nobody really understands what it is that we wanted to do because this is a magazine that is really coming from coalition snow a lot of people thought it'd be more like a catalog and and you see like great examples you see really good examples of this patagonia just put out a catalog that has uh, incredible storytelling in it, but it's a catalog. It's not a magazine, and we wanted to create a magazine. So we had to do. We have to actually create the first issue, produce it, then people can see what it's all about. And now it should be easier for us to actually get the magazine into different stores so people can see it. Um, you can also go to. I think it's called Issue I S S U U. It's on. It's on online, and you can look at a sample. Not the entire thing, but there's a handful of pages that are available for you to peruse. That's a nice kick down for our listeners. Do we have anything else for our listeners? For example, if they're listening to this episode and they're like, I'm going to go over to the website and I'm going to buy a magazine right now. Anything that's going to give them a little perk? Yeah. So if you actually use the code JUICYBITS10, we will give you 10% off. 
So you can definitely go over and do that. Um, and it's not a lot. It's just a little, but, it, you know, every little bit helps. Um, so feel free to use that code. So, Jen, it comes out quarterly, which you touched on. And again, this is not something you're just going to like sit down and flip through. Talk to me a little bit about how, what that looks like as we go out of the snow sports season. Like, what would you expect from contributors? What do you think our spring and summer? I think about falls getting kind of fired up for winter, but are we going to be kind of, what's it going to look like in the other, um, in the other season? Yeah, well, one of the reasons why we're doing quarterly is that it really aligns itself well with the seasons, and that's something that's pretty exciting for me, particularly because Coalition is obviously so winter-based, and then, but, like, we all exist in the spring, summer, and fall, um, so you will see the magazine reflect the season, so obviously this first issue that's winter is heavily focused on snow, and as we move into our spring issue that's going to come out in March, we're going to focus more on cycling, and then we get into the summer, we'll look more at camping, um, so we, we will be, be changing things up a bit um, and really following the seasons. The other thing that I think is really cool about our magazine is that it doesn't have advertising in it. And this is really where subscriptions from our community are so important. No one likes to pick up a magazine and sift through a million ads. Like normally magazines have 20 to 30 pages of ads and we don't have that. And like the, the one thing that that opens up for us is that we now get to create something for the reader versus creating something for the advertiser. So I've always thought that it's really weird that like you want to get the November issue of something and it's coming out like the beginning of October or, you know, just how everything's more in line with the industry side of things versus the way that human beings actually exist. So our winter issue is really winter. It's December, January and Feb. That's winter time rather than doing a winter issue in September, October, November, because retailers and your advertisers want you to be advertising winter stuff so they can sell more things. And I get it. That's fine. Like, we're all here to sell things, right? But I really like how, you know, because we don't have the advertising, we're actually able to really cater to the reader. And that's something that should be noticeable as people flip through the pages. Well, yeah, it also helps keep that con control and I don't know if control is the right word because that can kind of have a negative integrity. connotation yeah the integrity within yeah. you know as the editor and the creative director and with all the contributions I think it allows you such literary freedom because you don't you know think about the times where you pick up a magazine and, and uh, like on one side there's a really thoughtful article that has you thinking about like your lens of social justice or how this is such a positive impact and then the ad on the other side of the page almost can contradict it yeah. as opposed to having this like themed and thread in such a way that it is like this holistic package. Yeah. And I think that's a piece that's also really inspiring down to your recipes, your marketplace. I mean, I want to even ask you, I, 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 I don't even need to ask. I know that this was probably printed in a sustainable way. Like you were thoughtful in the print. Yeah, that's actually, so it's, it's funny you bring that up because we forgot to print in the magazine that it's printed on 100% recycled 
paper. We just forgot to put it in there because it's like, oh, of course you would make sure that the entire thing was recycled and it's printed in the United States. And yeah, I mean, we, we really thought about a lot of these things. And I suppose one of, you know, to kind of go back to like all the intention that went into this magazine is that for me personally, and I don't know if this is going to resonate with any of our listeners or if anybody's going to even, if this is like on their radar at all, but when we started Coalition, there were, and perhaps there still are, a number of people who don't know we're smart. Because we're, we're the, yeah, because we're, you know, oh, those girls working on their project. How's club going? How's the club? That are like all the weird things that people have said to us over the years. And, and I get it. You, people sort of equate you know, skiing and snowboarding, perhaps they think we're just like pressing boards in our garage and it's a project and, oh, isn't it cute what they're doing? But we've always been really serious about business since we've started and that can be somewhat difficult to convey. And we obviously have a really uh, distinct perspective and point of view as a company where we are not afraid to say what, what we want. Like we like give zero fucks, right? Like we will say what needs to be said now is not the time to be agnostic to all the social and political and environmental issues that are facing us today. And we've always been ready to say that, but not everybody sort of gets that. And what makes me so proud about this magazine is that it exemplifies the complexity within our lives of all the things that we are contemplating day in and day out. And it's not just about shredding pow, summiting a mountain, high-fiving, like, you know, going out and having and, you know, going for, for opera drinks. Like, although that is a part of our life, there's just so much more to us. And to me, the magazine is really a testament to the integrity and the intelligence and the acumen of our team. And I don't know if there would be another way to really convey that. Um, and that, to me, that this magazine, like, the proof is in the pudding. Like, these are the women behind Coalition Snow. This this is how we exist on this planet, and that is um, it's going to be really it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. I also think it it fits really well with the the four letter words, right? So it's really bold. Mm -hmm. It's rare to take this kind of a risk and to put this much content in the hands of people that will actually have them hopefully feel really powerful and really inspired in one place. Yeah. I think it's loud. I think that's kind of <laughs> awesome. There's just a, a sense of it that, yeah, it feels like it's pulling me in and I just, I feel like it's talking to me and it's loud and not in a bad way. I, I'm listening. So I think it's kind of rad that it's providing another platform and it's giving people tools and access. Yeah. Well, and in terms of it speaking to you, I just, I want to read something that one of our contributors wrote to us. So this is actually a friend who is writing the sex column. You wouldn't necessarily know that it's a sex column, but there's always going to be something a little bit about sex in it. And I had sent her a link to check out the digital version. And this is what she said. She said, the magazine looks fucking incredible and the content is so goddamn smart. It's incredible. I don't know how to act. No magazine has ever talked to me like I'm smart before or like nothing is wrong with me or like I'm not on display. It's like I'm just a human with value. 
it felt a little weird. It was like a huge part of my identity was stripped away. I was like, wait, where's all the big hair and directions on how to function as a sex object? I felt really exposed. Like, oh, I'm just supposed to show up and read? I don't get to put on my armor for the male gaze? It's just me. And then she followed up with saying, maybe I'll take this up with my shrink. Um, but, but when she said this to me, I hadn't even thought about this when we put the magazine together. I mean, there's a million reasons why we did it and how Sisu came to be. But to hear somebody say all those things really made me consider the impact of what we're doing with it. Well, what you just shared sounded as if someone could have sent that in as a contributor. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to give you the start of an op-ed, you know, or kind of my my reaction. And I think that is part of the impact, too. You're intelligent. You have thoughts. You have all these intense, swirling thoughts in your head. And then are you getting now the motivation to maybe sit down and put those words into writing? Because the other piece I think about with this is, you know, it's very kind of time capsule and nostalgic. But there's going to be a point where all this shit implodes, right? The devices are gone. You know, you didn't back this stuff up. You don't have it. But a tangible piece that's printed, this is like a legacy, you know, that'll be left behind that I I think is, you know, an incredible gift to future um, generations. None of you know this out in the in, you know, outside of the studio, but Jillian's just thumbing through the mag. I'm like watching her thumb through it and look at it in its entirety in print. Full disclosure, the magazine arrived yesterday, like three hours before the launch event. So, yeah, no one was. I was not stressed at all. Like, oh, hundreds some odd people coming to Patagonia to celebrate the launch of the magazine. Ideally, we have the fucking magazine there, right? Like, it took us longer to edit. We were like five days late on sending it to the printer because we were editing it longer. We kept finding little things like, oh, a comma has to go there. Oh, an apostrophe, you know, little things. But we just wanted it to be really right. But it is so crazy to look at it in print, particularly because I came up with the concept for the magazine when I was on the cycling tour. So, you know, I'm like cycling across Africa. I'm in the saddle eight hours a day. You are with your thoughts all fucking day long for better or for worse. And I had spent so much time thinking about wanting to start a magazine and talk to other people who were on the ride. I talked to Julianne a lot about it. Uh, I talked to Roz a lot about it. And when I finished the ride and I was back in Cape Town, I started reaching out to friends who either worked in publishing or had published magazines themselves. And everyone told me this is going to be so difficult and so expensive. But I don't know, I already started a ski company, which was already difficult and already expensive. So I was like, well, this is right up my my, my alley, right? Like, why wouldn't I do this thing that's uh, not really something that people think you should do and is, you know, anyway, I was like, oh, sure, sign me up for that. Um, but we did it. So it's, it's just crazy to see it. It's actually crazy to see it come to fruition and have it here and look at it. And to your point, Jillian, to really consider the fact that this is like now part of my legacy and part of the things that I've contributed and 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 put out into this world. And I think I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that and then also like the vulnerability of like my entire belief system is just out there for everybody to know about now and everybody to question judge applaud admire who knows i mean it you never know what people are going to really think and so that now that it's actually out there and we're sharing it um there's there's an element of vulnerability that i hadn't anticipated 
Well, what's kind of nice, though, about the print piece is think about when you put your values and you put your ideas. I can think of one um, recent post, for instance, that maybe you put out there for Coalition or under Yogareki, and then you deal with the... the, the backlash? Yeah, the backlash, <laughs> the comments. Granted, you know, the army can come to your defense. But in the print magazine, you get to put it out there. Right. And so some of that has to happen and reside within people and like their own reflection. And I think that's something that's missing for us a little bit in this like digital sense is the quick response on Instagram or Facebook or the email that you wrote should have deleted, but you decided to send and then regret like the next day because you kind of come off as an asshole. As opposed to in the magazine, if people are reading this and forced to sort of sit with their own thoughts and have that reflective space, I think that would kind of also be another way that the magazine is serving. People could still go to the magazine and um, send me a message or an email telling me that I'm a disgrace to all women-led organizations in the world, which that did happen to me this last week. Yeah, no, I got... Somebody decided to email that to me, that I'm a disgrace... Well, not me, but, like, Coalition is a disgrace to every women-led organization in, in the world. So if they could maybe still go and do that, in a perfect world, people would think twice and act once. Yeah. Maybe sitting with a print magazine, not with your device right next to you, could help you temper feel. I don't know. Also, if people pick this up and they don't like it, they're going to absolutely send me an email and tell me how horrible I am. Oh, they probably, they're going to want their $15 back? Yeah, and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. This thing is worth like a million dollars. Well, we can't wait for it to be in your hands. Yes. And then also, there could be something that our listeners want to see in the magazine. They want to contribute. Mm-hmm. So it's also another way to communicate with us and let us know what you think and how it's impacted your life in a positive way. Yeah. No, we definitely want to hear from people. would actually love to get emails from people with how they feel about the different pieces, what they would like to see in the future. And as with everything that we do, it's a process. There's always like a certain level of capacity that we have or don't have, but would love to hear from people and just, you know, so excited about what the future holds. And also now I understand what my life is going to be like for the near future of what it means to put out a quarterly publication. Kind of crazy. I... I'm feeling crazy in a good way. Crazy in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're really excited for all of you to be able to check it out. You can go to coalitionsnow.com or to sisumagazine.com. It's S-I-S-U magazine.com. Check out the first issue. Let us know what you think. As always, we want to hear from you. So thanks so much. And we will catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Juicy Bits. Thank you for joining us as we juice the patriarchy. And again, we want to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at JuicyBits at CoalitionSnow.com and check us out on Patreon. Can't wait till next time. Signing off. Love you. Cheers. Get to work, motherfuckers. With love. Same, same. Sorry, not sorry. Jen and Jillian.